You're listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat, where we explore uplifting, inspiring, and unique stories from around the planet. Things we're doing as human beings that you'll want to talk about that make us better people. A little dose of positivity in your day? Coming right up. And now for your host, AJ Mises. Hello, everybody, and thanks for being here. Welcome to Share, Inspire, Repeat. I'm AJ Mises. I'll be your host for today, and I could not be more excited for today's guest. But before we do that, I just wanted to, again, thank you for being here and really talk about how this show is set up. So the show is all about two people sharing some good. And what I mean by good is human beings doing awesome, inspiring things, overcoming insurmountable odds, and uh, bringing those stories to the surface. So I have a new guest each week, and we talk about and share a story that neither of us have heard before. So I haven't heard my guest's story. She hasn't heard mine. And uh, it'll be the first time that we're, we're sharing these things and bringing them directly to you. And I am really excited to welcome uh, my guest today, Gina Gardner. Um, Gina is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, trainer, and empowerment coach with over 30 years experience helping people achieve lasting happiness, success, and fulfillment. And Gina is also the creator of the unique Thriving Not Surviving Personal and Spiritual Development Program, the Enlightened Leaders Program, and the founder of the Thrive Together Tribe, which is a membership group designed to support like-minded people who want the very best out of life and want to support others to do the same. And Gina's joining me all the way over from the United Kingdom. So Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very pleased to be here. Awesome. I, am, I, I can't wait to, uh, to, to talk with you. Um, and do you want to just tell everybody a little bit about what you do and um, a little backstory on, on yourself? Um, I currently work with individuals, couples, and uh, teams, whole organizations, and at the very heart of my work is empowerment, helping people step into being their genuine best self. And um, it started when I was the principal of a large school. I became the principal very early. Um, but just before I became a principal, I had a very serious ski accident. I fell about 150, 200 feet down a black run. Oh my gosh. And that had an impact on my mobility. Um, and um, for most of the time that I ran my school, I ran it from a wheelchair, which meant that I couldn't physically get into the classrooms. Um, and so I had to develop a very different approach to leadership, which was all around helping people recognise um, their own worth and to be responsible for their own performance and that of other people. It was very successful. The school uh, was on the best 100 schools in England list twice during my tenure. But my health was deteriorating. I'd had two uh, serious uh, spinal uh, surgeries, learned to walk twice as an adult. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but my, my health was deteriorating, and I was given an ultimatum by the consultant that either I stopped working the 14- or 15-hour day that I was doing, um, or I would become completely housebound. And so in 2004, I took the decision to leave headship, which is very difficult. And in the UK, we call them head teachers, not principals. Mm. And I thought, what do I do now? Um, I've got all of these skills and expertise, and I don't want to sit at home and watch daytime television. Mm -hmm. And so I started to study. Um, I did a lot more studying around coaching. I was already a qualified coach um, and um, 
became a master practitioner in neurolinguistic programming or NLP. And I made the decision that I was going to go and see as many different um, experts use NLP. And that took me to a course with Tony Robbins. And um, one of my favorite humans, by the way. Uh, he's an amazing guy. <laughs> he really is. Um, and I went to Unleash the Power Within, which some of your listeners may be familiar with, and went to the Excel Center in the east of London, and there were 10,000 people on the course. And that in itself to me was quite amazing. I'd never been anywhere where you know there were 10,000 people who'd come to learn. It's electric. And, it really is. Well, it's quite funny in the UK because... Um, Tony says to people before they sit down, go and collect 10 hugs. It's quite a common thing for him to do. And you had all of these people in the UK sort of initially hugging at great distance because it's not the done thing in the UK. But within a few hours, everybody was launching themselves and hugging anybody in sight, which amused me no end. Yeah, I love it. Part of that course was to do the fire walk. And the fire walk is about... Um, walking on hot coals in your bare feet um, and doing it in the right mindset so that you don't get burnt. Mm-hmm. I was incredibly impressed with the fact that 9,990 people did the fire walk in less than 45 minutes. The wow. organization was second to none. Wow. And at that time, I could stagger a few steps with help. And so I did the fire walk and I was ecstatic that I had managed it because. Um, not only was it a long distance for me to walk, but to do that over hot coals. And I settled back into my wheelchair. And as I did, the guy behind me was a double amputee. Wow. And he tipped himself onto his hands and he walked across those hot coals in his hand, on his hands. Wow. And for me, that was a pivotal moment because although as a, a, a principal, I'd worked for the government, I'd, I'd, I'd um, been a trainer facilitator at the National College, done all sorts of things external to school to bring a a budget into school. I'd always done it in a way that I had a car that took me from my door to where I was going. Mm -hmm. Now, Tony Robbins had been talking about um, another course that he ran, but he only did it in California. And in the morning, I dismissed that. That's too hard. How would I manage that on my own in my wheelchair? can't possibly do it mm-hmm. but having seen that guy walk on hot coals in his hands that night i went and i booked my ticket for the course and i bought my uh, booked my flight that's incredible and as a result of that i've done all tony robbins stuff i'm a senior uh, uh, leader um i've traveled all over the world either delivering training or being trained and i'll be forever humble and grateful to that guy because what he taught me is that we all Mm self-limit that if we believe that we can't it's a done deal if we believe we can then there's a possibility for success and if you absolutely believe that success is assured then you're pretty well there absolutely taught me never self-limit don't ever start with the i can't far better to ask the question, how can I make this work? Yes, you are your own worst critic. Um, Absolutely. I found that myself. Um, so that is the perfect example of, 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 of what you just said, which is how can I make this work? Yeah. 
And sometimes people are afraid of, I find I'm, I'm afraid, frankly, um, when I say, yes, I can, or I can do it. Like, I feel like that's a very blanket statement, but I love what you just said, which is how can I make this work? Which actually puts your thought into action without giving like this blanket. Yes, I can. I can do it. It really is a, a, a more pointed way to get yourself past something. For me, it's the difference between having a door that's locked that says, I can't do this, to a door that isn't locked and is off the latch. And so it takes much less effort and energy to open that door. Um, and that, you know, you, you, can, you can find a way through. And I mean, occasionally you can't, that, you know, particularly as a wheelchair user, there are things that I just can't do. But ultimately, those things are far fewer if you are prepared to be open to the possibility that there is a way to, uh, you can find a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. It's very much the way in which I live my life and I work with clients to help them live their lives in that way. And although I'd like to think that I did that to a huge extent anyway, that gentleman who I have no idea who he is, that gentleman made a profound difference to my life that day. And because I talk about that, it's, I know it's made a difference to lots of people's lives. Absolutely. And think about it. Like he probably doesn't even know that you talk about that, um, talk about this experience and how it's it's formed the way that you approach your work or the way that you approach your life and that you use this story to help other people um, kind of see things differently or flip a switch too, which is like, you know, when we're looking at um, the news or, or any, any sort of media program that's focused on sensationalism or the negative things, like it's, it's these type of stories. And again, it's the catalyst for the show. It's these types of things that do good. Um, and, and, um, hopefully our, our ripple effects and like the falling dominoes. And that's, that's what you've done, which is so awesome. I, I think there's another lesson that comes from that as well. If I, I may just share yeah. that. And I think, how often we have no idea um, the impact, potential impact we're having on other people. That when we are constructive, when we're supportive, when we smile at someone or we say thank you, we have no idea what impact that will have. And it reminds me, I, I was on a course and there was a, I went into the ladies' loo's um, uh, bathroom restroom. <laughs> thank you for those of us over here. Um, and it was early in the morning when I arrived and they were in a state, there were paper towels and the sinks were, were not very nice and the window, uh, the, the uh, mirrors were all splashed. And I went back at, um, later on in the day and there was a, a, a lady there. She was tiny, about four foot ten. And she was just putting the finishing touches. It was really, really shiny and, and looked great. And I turned around to her and I said to her, thank you, you've done a grand job of that. that. That's really made a difference. And I watched that lady grow because somebody had noticed that she'd actually done a good job. And, you know, we can all do that. Just notice. Notice that somebody needs um, a hug or a smile or needs you to recognize that they are doing the best that they can. What do you think holds people back from doing that more regularly? I think... Um, that's quite an interesting question. I think one is that we're too tied up being busy, being busy, and we're human uh, doings rather than human beings. <laughs> I like that. Um, I think uh, sometimes that we're frightened that that might come across as patronising and that we don't want to um, take ourselves, um, you know, put ourselves in a position where we're going to be rejected. Mm -hmm. um, I think fear is what holds us back, and I think that's a shame. 
Yeah. It's fear of, of, well, for me, it's like, you know, you hear people afraid to approach strangers because it's a fear of, of what you're saying, patronization or feeling judged or being out of line or saying something perceived as stupid or that you're making that up in your head. Um, when in actuality, what, what you just said is that you, you, you watched her grow and you watched her just be, you watched her grow just because you noticed her and you said something. Yeah. And that's, and I, I think, you know, we live in a world where people can be incredibly judgmental. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, simple words like thank you or well done, mm -hmm. they are heartfelt and can make such a difference. Yeah. And that's, you know, when I, when I coach leaders in, in my work, that's, that's what I say too, is I say, you know, the, the leaders uh, sometimes that I work with just don't know how impactful like two words are. Thank you or well done, or great job. Um, and it's incredible to see uh, just a, a little effort and how much of an impact that that makes yeah. um, on, on people's lives and, and how oh, they absolutely. feel about themselves. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. Um, great. Well, I'd love to share a story with you, um, if you, you don't mind. Um, no, so I, I actually have... Th um, three stories for you to choose from and so i want you to pick which one sounds more intriguing by the title okay so um one is about um somebody who um had their wheelchair stolen unfortunately and a series of things that happened after um one is about a travel writer who uses a wheelchair and one is about um, a gentleman who uses a wheelchair as a dancer in the Miami uh, dance company. Um, let's go for the travel writer because I love to travel and they're it's interesting with a wheelchair. Okay, great. Um, so um, this is a story about Carrie Ann Lightly, um, who writes for Bustle, and she is a travel writer who uses a wheelchair um, and originally started as a travel writer because she wanted, well, A, she loves traveling. Um, but B, she um, never could read about uh, people traveling that were differently abled. And so um, her and her husband have a wedding anniversary pact where they don't buy presents or cards for each other, um, but they take a trip um, each year on their anniversary. And so uh, this one year, um, they, were, they were planning a trip uh, to go to Pisa, and they were researching to put together an itinerary uh, for some day trips around Florence and Luca. And the hotel confirmed that an accessible room with a wheelchair was available, um, or that that had a, a wheel in shower was was available. And that's all that that she really needed. And so, upon arrival to that hotel, they had you know saved up, traveled over there, and, and once they got there, they discovered that um, there was a large step at the hotel entrance with no ramp. Um, and the husband um, helped you know bring her chair up. Um, the step. And once they checked into the room, they found out that it was really small and um, they, you know, didn't have any thought to accessibility other than the shower itself. Um, and, you know, after talking with the hotel, they found an, an alternate entrance with the ramp, but it was the fire exit used for transporting luggage and, you know, not the best entrance, you know, for a guest. Um, and so once the hotel understood that, um, you know, yes, they would prefer a wheel and shower, um, but they really needed extra space in the room, um, to, you know, to make sure that the wheelchair could get around in the space. 
And so um, what they did is they the next few days, they started exploring Florence and Pisa and negotiating, you know, the public transit system and the, you know, cobbled streets, which of course I'm sure can be um, quite challenging in a wheelchair. And um, everything else went off without a hitch. So her happiness was soaring. And um, she realized that, um, you know, traveling helps push the boundaries of people's comfort zones and reminds us of what we're capable of and opens up the mind to new experiences. And so this uh, particular woman, again, her name is Carrie. Um, she has cerebral palsy, which means that she has to be in a wheelchair all the time. And, you know, she was brought up to believe that there's absolutely, you know, nothing that she can't do. Um, and so what she wanted to do is to find a way to share wisdom on her blog about what it means to travel with, uh, you know, being differently abled and how to um, uh, put a spin on this for travel writing. And so she has um, taken upon the travel memoir as a, as a genre and really now serves as a, a travel blog writer um, speaking to the differently abled audience. Um, and she's been able to really thrive in that and has a soaring business and uh, is traveling all over the world, either by herself or with her husband. And I just thought that this was um, really, and again, I didn't, I had no idea about your story, um, about saying, how can I make this work? And so her being in a wheelchair, married with her love of travel, has found not only a passion that she loves to do, but she's also found a, um, a way to make money and make a career out of something that she loves doing, uh, given that she's differently abled. And I, I found this story to be um, great in that echo chamber of, of finding a way to make things work given um, the circumstances and serendipitously, I think it's also bounced around uh, the story that you um, shared as well. It's, uh, I have to say her experience resonates hugely. I've had um, hotels that are accessible once you get up 12 steps or you have to go uh, use a plank to get into the dining room window 10 feet above the, the floor. Um, so yes, I can see where she comes from and I'm, I, I really applaud her not only for um, her resilience in, in deciding that it's not going to spoil the holiday, she's not going to be a victim to that, but she's going to actually make use of that and then help other people and do something she loves. That seems to me just amazing. Yes, I, I, I loved reading it. And it sounds like she's here in, in the States. Um, and for those of you listening, you can actually follow her on bustle.com, B-U-S-T-L-E.com. And again, her name is Carrie Ann Lightly, just like it sounds. Just one of the things I would say is that for me, disability is a metaphor for life. Mm. I use a wheelchair, but each one of us has um, a, a disability in the sense of the limiting beliefs that we carry. Mm -hmm. The difference is I can get into my wheelchair and Carrie can get into hers and wheel away, but we carry those limiting beliefs with us into everything we do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't challenge them, they can really limit your life in a way that actually being in a wheelchair looks like small beer. Yes, absolutely. And um, I like how you just put that too with, you know, we all have disabilities. We all have things that uh, limiting beliefs um, that we place on ourselves and there is a difference, um, but it's, but, but we're all human beings and we're all relatable then oh, in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it. This is like super soul Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nice to be on that program too, wouldn't it? I know, right? It would be one day, Gina. We're going to be on it. Yes, definitely. 
Um, so I have a few uh, last questions here for you just to kind of leave our listeners with some thoughts. Um, so um, talk, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Because we're kind of close backing up to the New Year. Any New Year's resolutions that you're looking to accomplish? Two. Um, one is to really um, make my mission, which is to positively impact on a, a million people in the next five years, to do everything I can to make that work. Um, and to do that effectively. And the other is to have more fun. Ooh, have more fun. Like what? Um, to travel, which is one of my greatest pleasures, live theatre, spending time with friends, um, to to make sure that there is balance in my life, even though I'm working very hard on the genuinely you stuff and the mission, but at the same time to do that and have some lighthearted fun. That's so great. That's so great. Uh, and then one one other question here for you is, um, what advice would you have for people to get more good in their everyday lives when we find ourselves with, you know, negative around us sometimes? Um, I think to recognize that you, uh, can I give people two pieces of advice? Absolutely. To recognize that you are the holder of your emotional, physical, spiritual well-being. Nobody can make you unhappy unless you choose to allow them. Mm. Um, and that everything that you do is a choice and even not choosing is a choice. And it's often when we let things ride and we don't choose to do something about it that it has the biggest impact. And if you take responsibility for yourself and your emotional well-being and you recognise it's your choice, what you do with it, then... I think that that's a really great start to any um, development growth shift in the year. I love it. That's so great. Gina, where can people find out more information about you? Um, if they go to the website, www.genuinely, and then a little hyphen and the word you, uh, com. that's genuinely-u.com, um, they can pick up a free digital download of the latest book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. They can get a free download um, of my uh, TV series, Genuinely You, um, and they can see all of the things I do. There's loads of resources on there, the one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, the Thrive Tribe, um, and the leadership thing will be up there as soon as that's uh, that's finished. So um, there's a lot of stuff there for people Um and if they you know, want to engage, they can, um, they can have a, a, a free telephone conversation with me if they book it through the calendar. That's www.genuinely-u.com. That's so awesome. I hope uh, we get some people over your way. That would be great. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks everybody for joining us on an episode of Share, Inspire, Repeat. You can visit the show website by visiting www.shareinspirerepeat.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook by visiting Share, Inspire, Repeat. And please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast if you like what you're hearing so you can be notified when we have our next episode. Thanks again to my guest, Gina Gardner. Again, I'm AJ Mises, and this has been an episode of Share, Inspire, Repeat. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat with AJ Mises. Interested in sharing a story or being a guest on the show? Visit shareinspirerepeat.com to introduce yourself or to submit a story. You can also check out more details from this episode by visiting shareinspirerepeat.com.